to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8. We're in a brand new series. How many have been catching the series, whether it was here or online? How many caught it? Amen. Go back and make sure you download it. We're talking about the doors that God is going to take this church and you through. Doors he's going to ask us to walk through in 2023. And the first one out of the chute, the Holy Spirit really pointed me to the church of Philadelphia when he said these words to the church of Philadelphia. He's speaking to the seven churches in, in Revelation. And he said these words, Jesus himself. He says, I know all the things you do and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. And he says, and I close doors that nobody can open. Oh, I, you know what? I just feel like we need to say, we need to read that scripture out loud. Come on, just join me. Just join. Let's say the words of Jesus out loud. Say, I know all the things you do. I haven't opened a door for you that no one can close. Not even Satan himself. And the reason he told that church that was because they went through the door of undying devotion. There were seven churches, five of the churches, Jesus said, you say you're devoted, you've given your life to me. But he said, the first door, these people, the reason I can say this is because you are devoted to me. They've been taking your money, they've been persecuting you as believers, you're losing your jobs, your finances are bad, Rome is after you, the religious crowd is after you because you follow Jesus. But he says, your devotion, he says, even though you're weak in strength, I'm opening doors that those folks will never go through. And can I tell you something, church, before you ever want to see God bless you, you got to walk through the door of saying, Holy Spirit, I want to be devoted to you. But remember last week I talked to you? The problem with all those, some of those believers, five of the seven churches there in the book of Revelation is they said, yeah, Lord, we, we closed the door to the enemy. But when they opened the door to Jesus and closed the door to the enemy, they built in a little, a little doggy door. How many remember that? We let the pets in. And, and, and Jesus talks to us in the scripture about outside are the dogs, those that practice, uh, uh, practice sorcery and those who, who are in sexual immorality and the false teachings. He says they're outside. It means that they're never going to enter the kingdom of God. And what he was saying to those five other churches is that you say you're devoted, but you put a doggy door and there's a pet that's getting in and out. And that's why Paul told the Philippians, watch out for those dogs, those who, those who teach false against what Jesus Christ really says. Watch out for it. And that's what happened to the church in, in, in the book of Revelation, those five churches. They normalized, they normalized sin. They were teaching it was normal for Christians to be sexually immoral, that it is just normal. Just get with what culture says. You churches need to catch up so you can still serve Jesus. And they normalized sin. He said, I'm telling you, they're not going to make it. And he said, you're not going to make it. He said, because you built a pet door in your door of devotion. And that's why I love what the, what, what the psalmist said. He says, don't give, up the, don't give up the life of your dove. That picture of the Holy Spirit says, don't give up the life of your dove to wild beast. And how many remember good old Moses was here to help me out last Sunday? Oh, my goodness. That, that, that was, I, I thought that was going to be a train wreck, but he did really good. Amen. <laughs> he made his grandpa proud. That's Sarah's dog that made grandpa proud. Today... As we go down this, across this, this acronym, what we're going to do is we looked at D, the first D is devotion, but today we're going to go through the O, that you need to understand there's only one way. There are not many doors to God. Jesus declared, I'm not a door. 
I am the door if you ever want to enter the presence of God for eternity. I am the door. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? Jesus said it. Not Sam Reifkogel, not the Sims of God, not the Christian reform, nobody. Jesus made that declaration because I'm telling you, living in a polytheistic culture right now that says there's a lot of ways to get to God. Jesus said there's only one way. So I want you to go, Jesus is getting ready to leave, and let's go to John 14, verse 5. He made these kind of statements, everybody. It's not me. He made them. Jesus made the statements. So Jesus is talking about he's getting ready to leave. And he tells the disciples, you're going to face some persecution. Believers, let me tell you, when you start following Jesus and follow his teaching, you're going to get hassled by the world and even by the church world. And he looked at those folks. He said, before I leave, he says, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. He said, if you believe in God, believe you also in me. He said, for in my father's house are many mansions. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will return again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus' one goal was he wants you for eternity. But he said, it's the door you walk through. So Jesus is saying that, and then the, the disciple Thomas says something in verse 5. Let's look at it, John 14, 5. He says, Thomas said, we have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And watch Jesus' statement. Jesus told him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one. No one, everybody say it, no one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus would not have been a popular teacher in 2023 in the United States of America. He would have been chastised, he'd have been ridiculed, he'd have been mocked, he'd have been challenged, and Jesus made this politically incorrect, bold, exclusive, in your face, uncompromising statement. And he said it based like this. He says, you have zero chance. You have exactly zero chances of eternity with God the Father. Zero chances if you don't come through me and know that I'm Lord and Savior of your life. Zero. Politically incorrect. How many know Jesus is not a door? He is the door to eternal life with God the Father. He is. Now I know some of you may be wandering and teetering on that. Some of you think there might be a lot of places. How many know that our lives are filled with doors? How many had to go through a door this morning? Everybody's going through it. We're going in and out of doors all the time. In and out of doors, in and out of doors, in and out of doors. And we're either exiting a door or we're entering a door. It's just as much as you do that physically. Can I tell you, spiritually, Young man, you are either exiting a door or you're entering a door, and some doors are the right doors, and some doors are the doors that'll destroy you. You know, it's pretty easy for us to forget 9-11. A lot of people forget it. Some of, young, some of you young people were infants probably doesn't impact you like it does some of us. But I'm telling you, it was one of the most tragic times in our American history when we were attacked here in the United States by terrorists. And there are a lot of heroic you know, moments that happened during that struggle for people at the Twin Towers on, on, on September 11. And some of the stories are inspiring, but I'm gonna tell you, some of them are just absolutely depressing. You know, over 14, was it 14,000 people were in those, in those towers that day, just in the towers, 14,000 people? 
1,200 of them escaped, but 2,749 people died on that day. Think about that just for a moment. And every minute after those planes hit those towers, every minute was crucial, every decision was crucial, every moment, every second. And there's one gripping account that I just, you just can't ignore of how some people lived and how some people died. And it was all based on this one thing. It was the door they chose. For those 2,749, it was the door they chose. And what happened was there was, there was one path, a group of people that decided they wanted to go through this door that led to the elevator and that that was the best way to go. And then there was another group of people that saw another door and it led to the stairwell. Well, the folks that took the door that went to the elevator, all of those people perished in that attack. The ones who had taken that stairwell that day of that group, they lived and survived. And what's so interesting to me is I think there's something in this physical picture of a very tragic moment, but a decision and doors that were there that is a spiritual reality for some of you sitting in this room right now and those of you watching online. It's a spiritual reality. And it's all about are you taking the right door? And Jesus says the most important door and the most important statement you'll ever hear is that he said, I am that door and you're going to be offered a lot of doors. And you got to know that I am not a door. I am the door. And he says, I do not have a do not disturb sign on my door. I, I, I'll, say, I'll be back after lunch is not on the door. There's no locks on the door. He says, I'm waiting for you to open the door and walk through the door because there's a lot of door. One leads to destruction, but one leads to eternal life and the blessing and the favor of God. How many thank God the best decision you ever made in your life was walking through the door of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the best decision I ever made in my life. The most important decision I made in my life, and I've made a lot, but the most important I ever made in my life was walking through the door of Jesus Christ saying he is the way. Now, why is this so important? I want you to go to John chapter 10. Just go flip over there, get in your, your e-Bibles and flip to John chapter 10 because Jesus, what he says is Jesus is the way out. He said, you need an escape. He says, I am the way out. Now, look what Jesus says in John 10, 10 verse 7. Jesus is teaching here. Now, again, this is not the teaching of Pastor Sam. These are the teach teachings of the one I've sold my life out to and followed, Jesus Christ, the Lord. He said, so Jesus said to them again, truly, truly. How many know that uh, when Jesus adds two trulys, he's really telling you this is it? You know, this is it. He wasn't like mom going, now I'm going to count to three. One, two. He said, this is it. This is it. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Who are the sheep? The ones that say, Jesus, you are the way. He says, all who came before me, now look at him talking. All who came before me, he says, were thieves and they were robbers. In fact, they didn't have the best interest out for you. They're taking something from you. Every other door outside of Jesus wants something out of you. Jesus is the only one that says, I give you everything that I am. He says, they're thieves and the robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Thank God I didn't listen to those other doors, and I refused to listen to those other doors. Now, Jesus is saying something here, because when he started teaching this to the people that day, 
Those people that followed him, they didn't understand it. In fact, you know they didn't understand it because look what he said in John 10, 6. He said to them, this figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they didn't understand. He was trying to tell them that he was the way, but they didn't understand it. So what does he do? Jesus takes an illustration that the people of that time and that culture, they got it immediately who Jesus was. And he starts giving this imagery of you're the sheep, I'm the shepherd, and I'm the door. And when he started teaching that, they got it. And let me, show, let me show what it was. He was talking about shepherds because shepherds back then, they were very transient. Uh, they had to find water, find pasture all the time. And so they never had a, like a stable or a corral that was permanent. So what they would do is they would make these makeshift corrals, sheepfolds, and they would make them out of sticks. They would stack up stones. They would put thorns and briars on the outside of it to, to keep out any kind of predators that would eat and devour the sheep, the thieves and the robbers, if you will, or steal them. But when they created this corral, there was always an opening at the front. It was a makeshift corral. So what the shepherd would do, and they got it, is the shepherd that really loved his sheep didn't care how mean the wolf was or how bad the robber was, he was gonna lay in front of that gate so that the sheep could not get out to be devoured and he would beat back every predator that stayed within what he created for them. And he laid at the door defending those sheep and he says, I'm telling you, I am the door. You can't go in, don't go in, and don't go out until the shepherd leads you because anytime you do, there are wolves, there are predators, thieves, and that's why he said in John 10.10, 10, the thief, Satan, comes for not to steal, to kill, but he added another one, to destroy. But he says, the shepherd, he comes that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Come on, friends, how many of you believe God gives us abundant life now, but it's a precursor to the abundant life you're going to have there. And so Jesus gives this right now, and this is what he's saying. You've got to pick the right door. He said, I'm the door. And, and it's just like, it's, it's as tragic as the ten twin towers are, one leads to life and one leads to, to destruction, eternal destruction. And I promise you that there are people right now who have walked through the wrong doors, sitting in this room and watching along, and you're thinking, I've walked through the wrong doors. And some of you are thinking that, you know, since I've walked through the wrong door, I've lost my significance, I've lost my purpose, I don't know, I don't know the outcome. Well, I can tell you what the outcome is when you follow Jesus Christ. It leads to the life and the life more abundant, the eternal life. How many of you thank God for that very thing? And that's the reason why I exist. Do you know that's the reason why I exist? That's the reason why I do what I do. This is my life's purpose right now, is to tell people you can walk out of that destruction and you can walk into the presence of God and there is a way out of the trap of sin, there is a way out of the trap of condemnation, and there is a way into divine purpose through Jesus Christ. You just gotta choose to walk through the right door and his name is Jesus Christ. Just follow him. And that's why Jesus, he looks up and he says, I can make a way out for you. Because those thieves and those robbers, they want you. He's talking about false teachers, he's talking about the Pharisees. Any other thing you're looking to outside of him, he says, I'm telling you, it takes from you. And there are a lot of doors out in front of us, folks. I'm telling you, there's a lot of doors in front of you. And Jesus says, there's only one door. See, we live in a culture right now, and it's, and it's very popular. And uh, there may even be some, some people that claim Christianity teaching it. But they're saying, you know, all religions are good. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm telling, some of them have a lot of good intentions, okay? They have good intentions. And people say, yeah, but don't... All religions ultimately get you to God. 
You know that in, in the analogy is, is God is at the top of the pyramid and man is at the base. And basically religions are just helping man carving his way to ultimately find God and they all lead you there. Now that really sounds good and it, it won't create any kind of friction between you and friends. But Jesus says, he said to himself, I am a rock of offense because I am the only way. Because everything else is a thief and a robber. It will take something for you and never give its life like a shepherd for you. They're all wanting something. Because upon closer examination, when you suck into that idea that all gets you there, on closer examination, we find different religions contradict what Jesus Christ taught in a big, big way. And it becomes clear the teaching of Christ and other religions are not both true. One is a wrong door that leads to eternal destruction. One is the right door that leads to eternal life and the greatest purpose you'll ever know, and that's Jesus Christ. And because they're all there, and they all sound good. I'm not saying that there aren't some good intentions in them. I'm just telling you, they're just the wrong door that leads to destruction. Uh, in Buddhism, for instance, it, uh, it teaches the ultimate goal is nirvana. And there's going to come a time when all pain and all suffering no longer exist. Everybody wants that. But then they teach you that the way to reach nirvana is by following the eightfold path of enlightenment. And then when you reach that place of enlightenment, you just come to a place of total nothingness. Oh, when you follow Jesus, there's not nothingness. Everything you are is redeemed. It's ramped up in a way of glory that you will never, ever, ever know, friends. And my mom was Buddhist. My mom was Buddhist for many years, raised in it. She had no other point of reference and had nothing else. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That woman, when she had an encounter with Jesus Christ, knew that this was not, I don't need an eightfold path to enlightenment. There's only one way. I mean, Hinduism is very similar. You know, its ultimate goal also is nirvana, but nirvana is reached in a different way. Instead of uh, being snuffed out, you know, like a candle, nirvana for the Hindu is being reunited with Brahman and all the pervading force, the all-pervading force of the universe. But the way to achieve it really is kind of tough. The way you achieve union with Brahman is that you have to go through reincarnation. And depending how you live right now determines if you go up or if you go down in the chain of reincarnation. And, uh, <laughs> and then the afterlife, which you're ultimately trying to get to destiny, is, is, uh, is moksha. You're trying to, that's where you're trying to ultimately get the place of release. And that's where you lose all awareness and simply exist as a portion of the universe. But some of their scholars say that it can take you up to 600,000 lifetimes to reach moksha. 600,000 lifetimes. Some of you can barely stand the one life you got now. You don't want to do it over another 599,000 times. You're going, this one really stinks. I don't think I want to try this one again. Islam, you know, and I'm telling these people, I'm telling you that people don't have good intentions in them. I'm just telling you, they lead to destruction. Or are they even good people? But how many know good people don't make heaven? It's only those who say Jesus is Lord and redeemed and just say I follow him. Even Islam, heaven is a place, it's interesting, heaven is a place for them that is wine, women, and song. And the way to achieve that blissful paradise of wine, women, and song is that you have to avoid wine, women, and song while you're on this earth. And that's how you get there. And, but, but again, it's always you've got to perform. 
So you have to achieve the five pillars of Islam to achieve that paradise. Then you have Judaism. I'm not denying that there's some good people and they have good intention, but even Judaism denies that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the Messiah, the Redeemer. They deny it. They reject it. That Jesus was just merely a good prophet, a great prophet at best. But the only way to get into God's presence is you've got to obtain, you can only obtain it by keeping all the law. And Jesus knew you couldn't do that. And here's the reason why. What Jesus taught and what they taught is totally different. The difference is the way to Christ, even the way of the teachings in Christianity, is that you can't get there doing those things. Your performance will not get it. That's why Paul says even your righteous deeds are like filthy rags before God. Filthy rags. He said it'll never get there. You can give, us, you can give all your assets away. You can go feed the poor. You, you can help grannies across the crosswalk. You can do all of that. But he says it will never, ever get you there. You can get your Sunday school pin. You can have a great tithing record. It will never get you there. Because the teachings of Jesus Christ is you can't get to me. So I have come down to you, God said, in the form of my son, Jesus Christ. I put on skin and I lived the life that you could never, ever live because you couldn't perform it and you were unable to do it. And he said, then I died the death that you had to die and I took it for you on the cross so that you could be resurrected with me. It's not do, 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 do for you. It is done, 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 done because of what I did and you've got to receive it and take it. That is, that is Christianity. And even some in Christianity want to perform, 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 perform. My, listen, I don't perform and I don't give because I'm trying to earn something from God. I'm doing it because I'm so stinking grateful that God would reach down and take Sam Rifle. I'm just going, what can I do to say thank you? You don't have to force me to show up to church. You don't have to force me to pray with a server. You don't have to force me to be kind. I'm just so grateful that his kindness came to me. The least I can do is reflect it to somebody. All the other religious doors, all the systems, all the commands will never get you into the presence of God himself. Where he says, well done, daughter. Well done, son. It's not because of what you did well done. It's because you served him. You believed and you followed him. Well done. I'm not saying that other religions may not bring disciplines in your life, but they will never bring you into eternal relationship with the one who created you, fearfully wondering if he made you and loved you so much that he would do what no other religion would do, is to die and resurrect, to destroy the one who's trying to destroy you to give you eternal life. That's, that's the thing that is so hard for us because Everybody wants to perform to get there, but you got to surrender. And then out of that incredible, smitten by that love, you're going, what in the world can I do? Because I'm so overwhelmed by what he did. Uh, you know, this is a, of course, as I said earlier, it's a very uh, challenging week for Brendan and me, but one of the things we like to reflect on our pictures and videos of Sarah and one of these pictures is one of my favorites, and I've shared it with you before, and I, I, indulge me again. I hope I'm not being redundant, but it's one of my favorite pictures of me and Sarah. She's about four years of age here, and uh, yeah, there it is. 
Look at that little nose, those little cheeks. That's when we were in the revival here. Back when I wasn't a pastor here, I was just Brother Sam. And uh, that's me and Sarah there. And I never thought a thing about this picture. I never ever thought a thing about this picture. It's been, I've seen it, but it's be, since become one of my favorite pictures of Sarah for Brenda and me. But the reason it became one of my favorites is because I didn't know how important it was to her. When I found out it was one of her favorite pictures, it became my favorite picture. Because before that, it wasn't. And the reason Sarah liked it so much is because she could sit in her dad's lap and feel absolute safety, absolute love, absolute acceptance, but yet she was around maybe almost four years of age then. And she knew she couldn't reach dad because she's just a little kid. But she knew dad would reach down, pick her up, and then set, him, set her in his lap. And that, my friends, is the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you don't get it. Is that there is nothing you can do to get to him. But he did reach down. And the biggest slap in the face is for him to reach down for you and for you to say, I want another door. That's not good enough for me. And that's what the father did. Jesus was the way out from the thieves that have stolen from you. And he says, I reach down and give all of it to you. I reach down and reach, give it all to you. And Romans chapter five, verse eight, it says, but God showed his great love to us. Are y'all ready for this? Come on. By sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That, my friends, is the greatest news because he knew I couldn't make it to him. So he came down to me. He says, Sam, come on. Come up if you will sit in the lap of the Father and know that I'm your Lord, I'm your Savior. How many thank God he is the way out from the robbers and the thieves because he reaches out. But he doesn't just save me. How many know he's also the way in? <laughs> he's not just the way out. He's in the way into some great things. And look what he says in verse 9. Look at this, John 10, 9. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters, that means you got to go in. <clears throat> some of you, you're, you're waiting for God to just knock. You need to walk in. He, anyone enters through me, he will find, he will find, he will be saved. Watch this. And he will go in and out and find pasture. There's a shepherd saying, I know when it's safe to go out. I know when you need to stay in. I know how to keep the prayers away. And he says, and guess what? I'm here to help you find pasture. Do you know what he's trying to tell you? He says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Some of you think <clears throat> that God is trying to hold something from you. Take him my joy. I want to do what I want. You don't understand. He wants to steal. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. He's a thief and a robber. That's what Jesus is trying to tell him. You'll never be satisfied out there. He says, but I'm telling you, I'll show you real satisfaction. I'll show you real salvation. I'll tell you what freedom and eternal life is. I'll show you what real purpose is if you follow the good shepherd. I'll show you what provision. I'll, I will feed you. I will take care of you. I will guide you. I'll help you with your career path. I'll help you take care of the bills. I will show you how to make a way out. I'll show you how to be productive. I'll show you how to find purpose, but it is through me. But he says, you got to understand, I'm the way into those things, and others will never, ever give it to you. So what he's trying to say to some of you is, would you please walk out of the door of death? You're entering a door of death. Would you walk out of the door of death? And he says, come on, walk into the way of the door of life. You can go from hurt and you can be healed by the healer. He says, you can go from failure to finding forgiveness because he's the one that's wiped your sins away. He says, you can go from bondage to the blessing of God. But he said, everybody else, all the thieves, they're wanting something you're going to take from you. 
He said, anything you else you try to take, he said, try it all. Even try the pleasures or try it all. He said, let me tell you, they're all Chinese food compared to me. Now, I love my people. But when I eat there, I'm hungry two hours later. How about the rest of you, amen? <clears throat> and that's the reason why when you go after those things, it's never enough. That's why when sex is the primary driver for you in the relationship, that person can never perform sexually enough for you because that has become your sustaining thing of life. Some of you can never make enough money and you'll never be satisfied. You'll still be fearful over your money. You're afraid of the economy. You're watching the stock market. You're biting your nails quick because it's what you're feeding on. And he says, it will all perish, every bit of it. The approval of people, the approval of everyone else, you'll keep going after it and you'll never be satisfied. He says, I'm the only one that can show you the kind of pasture where you're confident in who you are. Even when you fail, you know that the one that, gives you, that one that sees your failure can also be the one that gives you forgiveness. He's the one that when you're in the bondage that you're going through, he's the one that can bless you and set you free. He's the one that can really take the hurt in your life and really turn it into healing and give you a testimony. How many thank God he is the way in to the blessing of God. He's the way in. <clears throat> he says there's only one way, one door. The rest are thieves and robbers. It will never, ever satisfy. You go after it. Just go chase it down. And many of us have. And it still wasn't enough, was it? He says, because I'm the bread of life. Taste and see that I'm good. So here we are. Two doors. Destruction. Eternal life. The purpose of God. So here's where we all are. You gotta choose a door today, everybody. You say, well, I don't make a choice. You just did. You just did. You gotta choose a door. And the reason that I have to choose a door and you have to choose a door, you ready for this? Is because Jesus had to choose a door. He had to make a decision. With God with skin on, he had to make a decision. And if Jesus had to make a choice, You've got to make a choice. Look, let me show you what he's talking about. Look in verse 11 of John 10, 10. He says that he was the only way, the truth, the life. What? Look what he said. I'm the door. Look what he said. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And he had to make a decision. Is Sam Reifogel worth laying my life down, being crucified, spit upon, mocked, God himself being mocked and spit upon, is Sam Rifle really worth that? Are you really worth that? He says the good shepherd will do that for somebody like Sam Rifle or any of you sitting in this room. But he had to make a choice to do that because he's called the second Adam. The first Adam and Eve made a choice too. Remember in the Garden of Eden? I mean, you talk about an incredible place. It was totally open between God and man. It was the perfect place. It was nirvana. I mean, perfect place. No shame. The Bible says they walked around naked and were not ashamed. Didn't even know fear. I mean, perfect in every way. Walking with God in the cool of the day. You talk about an open, beautiful, it was nirvana. It was the perfected place. But the Bible says that Adam and Eve, watch this, were offered another door by Satan. Remember, he's a thief, he's a robber, he wants something from you, he's not trying to get something to you. And they were offered a door by Satan, 
And they took that door and said, we'll go through that door. And destruction happened that moment. And they slammed the door in God's face. So let me tell you, every time Sam Rifle chooses not to follow Jesus Christ, my sin is slamming the door in God's face. And when we sin, when we see, and the Holy Spirit's dealing with us, and we see his word, and when we sin, we are, just like enemy, we are slamming the door in God's face and saying, I'm choosing this door. We, did, we do make a choice. But there was another garden experience card, the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus Christ had to choose the door because he knew what was going to happen to him so that you might be saved because he's a good shepherd. The rest are thieves and robbers. And it was a fight in his soul. It was heaven and hell. It was a confrontation. And Jesus was there with sweat drops of blood coming from his forehead. And this is what he said in Matthew 26, 39. Look at the fight. He says, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Please, I mean, if there's another way to get them to you eternally, would you please take it, Father? Because I know what I'm going to have to do for these people that are called my sheep that follow me. Father, if there's another way to do it, would you do it? But then he says, not my will, but Father, I'll do what you said needs to be done so that this man, this woman, Sam Rackle, all of these in here and under the sound of my voice and those watching line can have eternal life if they'll walk through the door and follow me the rest of their life. I promise you, if there would have been another way, the heavenly father would have said, son, you don't have to go through that door. I was just checking to see if you would. Really, son, that's, I was just testing you to see if you'd say yeah. Because there's another way. There's another way. I'm going to get these eight paths of enlightenment, and that'll get it for you. If, if you can knock on enough doors, that'll get it for you. In other ways, if you can give enough money to the poor and love them, that'll get there because you're doing good things. If there was another way, the father, like any father or mother in this room, would have said there's another way. Because I'm telling you, there's not a parent sitting in this room, and you can take Brenda and my word for it right now. There's not a parent in this place or this world that would take their child through pain if there was another way to get out. Not a one of you. And where did you get that attribute? From the heavenly father. And if there would have been another way to do it, he said, Father, if there is a way, I, please do it. If there would have been another way, then God would have said, okay, okay, there's another way. It, it's, it Buddha, Buddha's going to provide this. Muhammad's going to, Joseph Smith, and, 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 and you've got to follow all these rules over here, and that'll, that'll, that'll get it. Scientology will get it. It'll all get it for you. Just stay cool. You don't have to do that. If there would have been another way, I promise you, the Father would have given it to him, but he said there's only one way. And that's the reason why Jesus Christ can stand in any culture at any time in history, including ours, because he took that hit. This is why he has the power and the authority to say, I am the door. All other religions say, do this, 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 and you'll get to God. But Jesus Christ says, it's the only one that says, God says, you can't come to me. You can't get there, Sam, so I am coming down to you. It is finished, son. Would you receive what nobody else can do? And I did it for you. How many thank God? He is the way out, and he is the way into the favor of God.
I know in, in, in church in America, and we even throw the word Christianity around, and sometimes that gets so skewed, just what it means now. Because even Jesus had to talk to those seven churches, which are seven types of people that say they're devoted to Christ because they started normalizing the sin. And he said, it's taking you away from me. You're walking away from me. But today is a really important day because, see, I can never have the luxury of thinking just because we're sitting in a church that everybody's following Jesus Christ. I know some of you have been in this church a long, long time. He said, here he goes again. I will keep on going again because this is my purpose in life is to show them the door to freedom, to real purpose. I will keep saying it and I will keep doing it and I will keep doing it and I will keep saying it and I won't stop saying it. Because there are basically three doors before every person in this room, whether you are a born again believer, a backslidden Christian, a Christian in closet conduct, or God, the good shepherd's talking to you. I'm just telling you, that thief is gonna rob and steal, he's not done. Because he's not satisfied till he destroys. But there are three doors before you. Those of you watching online, you may not be here, but there's three doors before you today, three. Out of those three, you only have control over one. The other two doors, you have absolutely no control of at all. And here it is. You have no control over being born. You even said to yourself, I wish I was never born in this family. Tough. Sorry. But you and I have no control over that. You have no control. You know there one you don't have control over? The day God says, you're done. No control. None. You can eat a little more kale. I'm glad you signed up for Planet Fitness. It's all good. But he's the one that has the authority over body and soul. And you can't control that the day you die. You can't. There's only one door you have the power over. And that is the door of eternity. That is it. But it's the most important one you can ever have is will I walk through the door of Jesus Christ? And I promise you, once you walk through, don't ever go back. Because it's a life and it's an abundant life and it's the best life you'll ever, ever know. And it gets better. How many know, friends, this is just a little microcosm. But how many know every joy you have here is a microcosm of the incredible presence of God that we will experience him for eternity and he made a way for us. How many believe he's the door? Let's go through the one-way door today. Amen. Let's go through it. Choose. Choose.